Kehem Shechayim Beis, Volume 1. We finished Chapter 74 and up to Chapter 75 on page 140. But I want to review Chapter 74 and just emphasize a few things that we covered but didn't thoroughly analyze. So the context, of course, is that we're in the process of explaining how the five or seven levels in Bichus Yetzer from Elke Elam all the way through Mizgiv um, Badenu uh, are now in a microcosm in Malchus of Atzilus. So to explain this, the Rebbe Rashafras began to explain what is Malchus. Which, of course, in a sense, gives us also, in effect, teaches also what Malchus the Ensof is. Because that was not discussed before. Before, the discussion was that the seven or five levels began with Atzmus, the Beta, went to Erein Sof, the Rotzen, Shir Atzme Bekoyach, Ak, Akudim, Atzilus, or Bri Yitzir Asiyah the Klolus. Basically, Abiyah the Klolim, Aklolim, Atzilus, Bri Yitzir Asiyah the Klolim, and the Rotzen, Haposhet, which is before it. That's the five. Baruch Shammar, and then the two preceding is Erein Sof and Atzmus. Far easier to repeat than the ones in the Pefillah, because there you need the explanation. But there we didn't discuss the power of Malchus. Here, in order to explain how these five exist in Malchus, you have to begin with what's Malchus, because on the, on the, ostensibly Malchus is the lowest of all the spheres. How suddenly does Malchus have all these high levels? So the first thing establishes in Pedic and Gimel and I endowed the power of Malchus. And based on the Sefer Yitzira, notes Tchilos and Besefer. What's Tchila? Tchila is Tchilos Kola Tchilos, Kadm Kola Kedumim. By the way, I saw from the Tzemach Tzedek, he alludes to the question you asked me, about Elikei Elam. He doesn't ask it, but he says Elikei Elam is talking like Kel Elam. He makes it clear Elikei Elam, not Elikei of Velt, Elikei of... You know, he brings a few Psukim and Rais. I saw that some of in uh, in the explanation of uh, where did I see it? In Ansidr. His explanation on Siddur. It's a different explanation than the one in Ayin Beis and in the Mitla Reb and Shari Tshuva. But that Elokeilam, I'll show it to you afterwards. Is uh, he's uh, explains the words, what the word means. He brings a lot from Avodraham. It's a pirush. It's a commentary on on Tefillah. Going back to this, so what is Tchila Tchilas here means? That nothing has no beginning, has no end. Talking about the source. That is not, is wedged into the Sof, which is essentially the purpose of it all. That's Malchus. So the ten spheres are the instruments that make it happen. But the Kavona, the purpose, the ultimate objective is Malchus. Which is Yerid and Biyah, or as he says, Malchus has the Kayach of his Havus, that comes rooted in Keser, Keser Malchus, and in turn uh, carries the power of Atmos. So, why is this critical? Because this sets the stone now, why he, you can explain that Malchus has in it all those levels before the Tzimtzum, starting from Elikeelam. If not, Malchus is just, we could just call it the tenth sphere. So once we know that Malchus has that Kayach HaAtzmus in it, the Kayach HaSavos, now we can apply all these levels. And that's what he did in chapter Ayin Dalet. So explain that Malchus, Malach Melech Yochid, Melech HaKodesh, 
to Beterem Kol, Adena Lam Hashem Allah, Beterem Kol, all showing that Malchus is rooted in the Snasus Atzmi, it's rooted in its root. Not the way Malchus Natsilas, its root is in Keser, all the way to Atzmus. In other words, that type of, it carries the power of the source. Let's put it this way. Okay? Source here being Atmos, the power of creation. Oyer and Rotson, all the other levels, carry the power of Giluim. They don't carry the power of Atmos. They carry it as, a, as an agent, but they don't reflect it. The power of Malchus reflects it, like the Yesh in a way. Like, just like the Yesh reflects the Yesh Amiti, in, in the spheres Gufa, Malchus is like the Yesh compared to the nine spheres. The nine spheres would be like Oyer or Ayin compared to Malchus. That's why. That's why it, it has that. That's exactly the reason. We're not talking about yesh as in, I'm just. I'm only using it as an example. That malchus, the lowest of levels, the least gilui. That's the point. Yesh, not as in as in sensing itself as an entity, it doesn't sense itself as the lowest revelation. It has the keser and the and That that part of the that, that that's what I meant by not the yeshes of the yesh. Not the Engle Ile Vesibah, because Malchus does feel its source, absolutely. The truth is, Malchus is altogether beyond sensation. It's more of a, you know, like the moon. But that's, but, but that's the point here. So, so Malchus, therefore, has these levels. And that's why, and, and now he begins the explanation in chapter 74. I'm just reviewing it. That's a, so he said, because Malchus says, Yes, but Koyecha Atzmus. Bottom of page 138. I'm just summing it up. And that's Elekei Elam. So that's the only way to explain. That's how that's how the keila. If we wouldn't um, now, so we can understand how you can now use the power of the keila in malchus. So actually, the whole thing becomes a little topsy turvy in a way, because before it's atmos higher than all the giluim, higher than the ten spheres. Now malchus, the lowest of the ten spheres, has the keila compared to biya haprotim, because it creates the microcosmic briyitzirasiya. Maybe this is maybe connected to what we discussed. If you remember the Urchezer when he said Baruch Merachem Alaretz, it could be that when you start thinking about what's the purpose of it all, in purpose Eretz Kodma, in process Shemayim Kodma, in process of creation Heaven comes first, just like Chachma comes before Bina and Bina comes before Das. But if you talk about Kavana in purpose, Malchus comes first. Because that's the kavanah, the purpose is, is, is earth, meaning Elam Haza. So maybe, I'm not saying he's saying, saying that exactly, but it's reminiscent a bit when you look in the sources of this element in it. But the bottom line is that Malchus does have in it this power of Elikei Elam. That's level number one. And he says, and then comes Rachamecha Rabim. And he says, these are the two levels, Shmoy. We spoke about Shmoy. Here, Shmoy. Is the name is the name of God referring to Yecheles Atmos? So the Shmoy, how it's encompassed in Yecheles Atmos, meaning it's God's ability. That's all you can call it. So you, don't, you can't even call it any entity. You can only call it Atmos ability to produce something. So from that perspective, all it is is Atmos ability. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter the product or the result. What what's, what what radiates there, what dominates there, is Yecheles Atmos. So that's Shmoy the way it's encompassed in the source. And then there's the one step out of that, just like he spoke before about Eirein Sof, 
Right? We spoke from built Mitzvah, comes Eri and Sobarach Mecha Rabim in the macrocosmic interpretation. So, in the microcosmic interpretation, what's Rach Mecha Rabim is the second level of Shema. Kamoy Shuhu, Bam Shachav is Galus. How the name is now expressed. Basically, you know, if you think of name, um, you know, obviously a name has no value to the individual himself. That's one of the things I mentioned. It's only a reflection. You don't need a name for you. The name is only for someone else outside of you, which is one of the reasons shame is used as the description. We're not talking now that a name awakens the etzim of a person. We're talking now, in practical speaking, on a day-to-day basis, a person doesn't need a name unless somebody wants to call him by name. You don't need to call yourself by any name. You know who you are. So when you say shame, by atzmus, you're really saying is atzmus has no need for it. But if you want to know what he's expressing, and a so-called relationship to something outside of atzmus, that's the name. So if you talk about the name within the essence of the person, it's completely like he said, shmoi hu and hu shmoi. For all practical purposes, it's the same as saying him, ato. Ato and havaya, like he said, ato havaya levadecha, ato, havaya, and all these things are the same thing. But havaya in atzmus? It's atzmus, it's atzmus. Atzmus has names, it's fine. Where does it make a difference when someone else calls you? So if you call Ebrister by Havaya, you're talking about Midas Kel Chesed. Anoichi has its meaning. So bottom line is that, that the names are all reflective of the source. But the source itself, the way the name is in the source, it's like Eden Seif Akol, like he said, Shmei Akol, there, Huvu Shmei, him and his name are one, that's Elokei Elom. That's the highest level. The second level is already now the name at the same time reflects and expresses who, the, the, the person called by that name or the entity called by that name. But now you're already talking about the expression of the name. So, for example, uh, let's say, uh, let's take a name here. Okay. Eliezer. So when I call you Eliezer, so you turn to me. So obviously you turn with all of yourself. That's you. The name Eliezer you were given at birth. If no one is in a room, you still have the name. But what is the name when it's colored within you? It's really insignificant. I'm not talking now what it says in Chesidus that the name is the channel for Chayas. But I mean to you. To you, you don't need a name. You don't need to call yourself Eliezer. Eliezer, wake up. Basically, your name and you are one and the same. Where does it see a difference when you see it when you're in presence of others? And others call you by a name and that's when that's the way they have a handle on you, so to speak. That's the way they... A calling card. So the name fundamentally is like it's like two opposites. Again, let's let's not talk about the name carrying chayis. That's that's already at a much lower level, because Hashem made it that way that the the energy travels through the name. I'm talking now just purely the name as a name of an object. That's simply it. Remember, when we talk about Atmos, he doesn't need a name to carry life into himself. So it's not in the shame of Atmos. There's no such thing as a name that God needs a name to connect his neshama and guf. There's no neshama. There's no guf. He's an etzem. So we say a name of God, the only thing it has is either it has within himself it's insignificant, but it's there. But on the other hand, in relation to something else, you call God, you call him by the name God, or you call him by the name Hashem, or the name Lakim, or whatever the name is. So basically you could say there's two, two, two levels of name. The way the name is in the essence and there basically is, is, it's irrelevant essentially, because it's one with the essence. And then there's the name as it is some form of description. And that's what he says is uh, Rachamecha Rabim. doesn't explain it at length. 
he calls it etzema er, but it's already something that is somewhat the somewhat of his galus. Something has emerged. If you remember, Atmos is higher than Gilead and Helam. You can't even say he's hidden, he's concealed, or revealed. In Eir, you can already say, okay. Example would be, for example, uh, I, I can meet you and I don't know your name. And then you tell me your name. It's relevant, because here I know your name, I don't know your name. When it comes to yourself, it doesn't make a difference whether you know your name or not. You don't need a name to, to identify yourself, basically. To speak to yourself, to be yourself, you don't need a name. That's the point. Again, I'm not talking about name and neshamas begufim. Obviously, all this is a muscle for atmos. Clear? Okay. So, that's the second level. Barach HaMecha Rabbim. Question, though. If a person was by himself on an island, uh, his knowing his name, he obviously doesn't need his name to call himself, but by knowing his name, he would say his name is Menachem. So, because we learn the Hasidus, that that reflects on the essence of his soul. The That's why I, I kept negating. I'm not talking about reflecting the essence. On Atzmus, there's no such thing as reflecting the essence of the soul. Let's, so, let's, let's, let's take away the human example. Let's go to Atzmus. In Atzmus, there's no issue about being on an island and needing a name to, to find himself, correct? Okay, so that's number one. We're talking here about Atmos. We're not talking about a human. If you talk about example in a human being, not forget about the name. Let's say let's call a name just a symbol. For the all practical purposes, that's what it is here. It's just a symbol. It's just a like you call it's like putting a label on something. It's irrelevant to the discussion here that a name is infused with power. That's the point. Uh, I understand. That's why I qualify what I said. Because the bottom line is, when you talk about a name, there's another so-called sugi, a whole other discussion, that a name is like the channel that channels your soul into your body, and that's why a name carries the essence of the person, and when you call a person by name, you can awaken the etzim. That's a whole different discussion, and it's a whole different aspect of a name. Um, but let's put it this way, a soul in heaven doesn't have a name. Yeah, your name is given to you by birth, when, by, by your bris, or by a girl, by a chrysatar. No, 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 not at all. Because the soul doesn't need a name in heaven. It's only when it comes in the goof that it needs a name to channel it in. And the parents have a Ruach HaKodesh thing, you know, that they know what the name is appropriate. And once it goes back, the soul goes back up to Ghani. No, because it did the Avoida. No, no, you see, by Yisker we call, we, we say the names of the... Because once a soul has been in the body... Remember, it never ends. The avoid that it did with the body now is for eternally imprinted in the soul. So the soul has now, it's not just a, we went through a station here. This world, that's why it's Chisamesim and everything. This avoid changes the soul dramatically. That soul is no longer, that, no, that soul is no longer the, the way it came down. Now, additionally, Gilgal is another example. Gilgal, you don't go by the name that you came from. You go by the name of, of where you are now. What your parents gave you now, even though Pinchas Elio, for example, it may have been a Gilgal Elio from a Pinchas, or Pinchas of Elio, however you explain it, but uh, the name is Elio because, because remember, a soul can channel. Remember, a soul is like think of it like a projector of light of white light. It's the letters that give it so-called form and shape. At the end of the day, a name does not define the soul. A name may have letters of a name are infused with power, but it's not the name that defines the soul. It's the soul that defines the name. At the end of the day. When Aaron was called Aaron, it's because his soul came from Chesed. And his parents knew that. You know, or they sensed it. So they knew that he'd be a Koyan, so to speak. So Aaron is Lashon Oyer, you know. Moshe is another story because his name came afterwards through Miriam. But his name, you know. We're talking about the Hebrew name given by parents. 
See, even an example like Moshe, for example, you know, what, what's his real name? What's name? What soul? What channel of, 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 of energy? It's not so simple. Huh? There's a bunch of there's a bunch of uh, huh? Yeah, there's ten different names. It's ten different opinions. Yeah, there's uh, ten opinions, not ten names. Ten. There's different opinions of what his name was. Uh, yeah, I've written up once the whole of them. So we don't we don't even know them. That's another interesting thing. Because she captured with Moshe, Chassidus explains Moshe, Minamai, Moshe Su, captures an element of Moshe Rabbein. The point I want to make is at the end of the day, even if letters of a name have power, that's because it's given power. The name itself fundamentally is not necessary for a soul. That's the bottom line. Energy does not need a name. It's another, but Minamai, Moshe Su, is that he comes from the world of water, hidden worlds. Minamayim, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the point I'm making, but going back to Atmos, that's why I'm saying let's not talk about that aspect of the name because that just confuses matters here. Here we're just simply talking about a name as being, like we say, who v'shmoyachot. Him and his name are one. God definitely does not need a name for for his for his essence. We also, as I said, don't really need it fundamentally. It just has power in it. So there's two levels. There's one level how the shmoy is kolol. Meaning how it's encompassed. That's Elokei Elam. Or he doesn't really say that. He says Elokei Elam is the Kayach Atzmus. And then there's the Shmoy as it comes out revealed. I'm just reviewing that he says here. Okay. Oh no, he does say. So the same thing in Malchus. It has Kayach Atzmus. Shubachin Shmoy Akol Batzmusay. And it also has this Galus Hashem. It also has the revelation of the name. And all of this... Both are connected to his Havas. Clearly that he means everything. Both first two levels. Like he said earlier, when you say God's a creator, it shows us and reflects for us the essence of Atmus. That he's Mitzusim Atmusay, that he's Kadman Mitzusim Atmusay, and built him Mitzis Nimtza, as we discussed. So Moshe Rabbeinu asked the Abish to what's his name? What's his name? He said, I'm going to give you a name with mercy, I mean with Rachman. Eya Asha you mean that one? No, that's Ayesha Eya. Well, basically, Moshe was not asking God if he has a name. He was saying, how do I describe you to the people? Obviously. Which means, how do we relate to you? It's all, a name is all about a relationship. At the end of the day, a name is a relationship. Even if it's, even if it's a relationship with yourself, it's a relationship. Atzmus doesn't have a relationship. He doesn't need a name. But he wants a relationship. So therefore, there is a name. You can put it that way. Yeah. Right. So there's, but nevertheless, since Atmos, remember, we keep going back to the interface. Atmos himself wants a relationship, so it's not just he sends us his name and he stays somewhere. His essence remains apart. He's expressed in that name. It becomes his name. That's why there's seven holy names. They're sacred names. They're not just like you know. They're not just uh, 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 door handles or, or or handles to hold to understand a piece of God. Uh, a, a faculty of God. They're actually names. Then there's Shema Etzem, Shema Vaya Shema Etzem. Anoichi is even higher. Anoichi says, is refers to Le Yisram as Le Bishum Anoichi is the name that does not hit, is not, it's not expressed, even hinted, alluded to in any letter or this. But it's still Anoichi. It's still the word Anoichi. And when you talk about Eyesh Eye, which may be the highest of all names, is essentially a description of Atzmus as being built in Mitzis Nimtza, as the Rambam says, however you explain 
Eishayah literally means I am who I am, but it really means I am because I am. That gives that that gave people something to relate. That's what we spoke earlier. Remember, was that you know he's a creator. You can allude, you can extrapolate that he must be different than we are, and his existence comes from himself, within himself. Yeah, these these the bottom line is as we said yesterday, God is not on the couch. We are. God does not need a name. He does not need uh, analysis. We're never going to understand God in the way God is exactly. But he wants a relationship with him. He wants us to understand him as much as we could. And some of it will come through but the Rusa Deliba you are grasping. And all of it is part of the relationship. Just like uh, everyone that's married knows, you only get that much of your spouse. Much remains a mystery. That doesn't mean that you don't have a relationship. Mystery doesn't always mean, in other words, it's only in our world that we need control. I need 100% control. In, the real, in reality, control is not necessarily a virtue. Sometimes letting go is more important than control. I would say not sometimes, always. Because it's not about you. It's about accepting something greater than you. That's why a real keli, you know, that's why it says God can't rest under the same canopy with a balgaiv, with an arrogant person. It's like the, the Kotzka Rebbe said, where is God? Wherever you let him in. You don't let him in, he's, he's not there. Or he's, not, he's in concealed state. That's the bottom line. So Atmos obviously doesn't matter. He's there, not there. Doesn't, he's not defined by being there or not being there. But if you want to have a relationship with God, you've got to make some space in your life. It really, that's what it comes down to. And space means that you cannot control it. That's really what it is. Now, okay. So then, then you go to Kreichan, so Behelem, Vizgal, Hashem, Okay. In other words, he's explaining what does it mean. I'm, I'm, I'm explaining this chapter a little more. In Malchus, it has the power of Atmos to create. But you can have the power that's concealed. It's just sitting there. Latent. Dormant. Dormant is like asleep, and latent is what? Potential. Just potential. It has so it's like latent is before dormant. Latent is pre-dormant. So a lot of that. So it's good for Uru... Yeah, right. So the waking up from the sleep. No, no. But Malchus, Malchus, example for Malchus is in Tanya and other places is, is Earth. That you see, the Earth has the power to uh, to to produce vegetation because it's Malchus. So the Earth can be a state of potential. You know, you look at the Earth, you may not even see that it has that power. And then it becomes activated, for what, what, however it becomes activated, either through above or from below, meaning we plant seeds or the things that grow on their own through so-called uh, rain. rain that, I mean, you know, the natural growth, svichim or whatever you call it. She says like this, so, so there's the two levels in Malchus. Malchus has the level where the power to create, the potential, behelem. Ubizgalus Hashem, what is the rukgili Hashem, Shem that's not kolol, that's already as it comes is expressed in a process of creation. So to go back to the two things I said about the name, remember here the name is reflective of God's power. It's not just a name; God's power. So the God's power within Atmos is there, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's activated or doing anything. And then there's a state where it's active. That's already what he calls Barachamecha Harabim, as opposed to Elokeilam. Elokeilam is describing a state of being. That Malchus has Kayach Atmos, period. But that's it. Rachamecha Harabim is an active state. In your abundant compassions, 
He's interpreting the tefillah of Yetzir Elam. That's already the so-called the activated kayachat, the activation of creation process. That's the second level. And now he says, "Va'kol hu shakol ba'tzmusedayin kaid mishabob gam bebchinus rotsin lahavis." And this is all the way it's encompassed in Atzmus still. Or you could say in the Atzmus of the way Malchus is encompassed in Atzmus, or however you interpret that. Kol hu shakol ba'tzmusay. Before the third level, which is when it will become actual desire to create. So you could ask a question in one second. If there's no desire to create, what's this, what gilu do you have? So it's an abstract level, but clearly it's not just the etzem. Remember we spoke about built the Mitzis Nimtza, that atzmus is just in a state of non-existential existence. Air is already some type of presence. So what we have is presence, yet we don't have a specific desire to create yet. You'd have here the presence of creation, so to speak. So it's a revelation, and not completely just the yocheles, the potential state, the ability. It's not just the ability to create, it's actually the creation power itself. And then comes the next stage where he actually has a desire for it, which will be Racha Malenu as he speaks. Remember, these are all very subtle levels to understand so-called engine room of how the whole process began in its root. So when you really break it down, remember, in our interface, we want to be able to connect to every particular level. So generally speaking, we would say, okay, a person has a potential, and then they actualize it. But as we know, with the faculties, for example, you start first, the, all the faculties are in the etzim and nefesh. Then you have keiches atzmim. Then you have keiches hiyulim. Then you have keiches nalamim. And then you have keiches gluim. Why do you need all these steps? Why don't you just say, from your deepest so-called essence, just comes out. You sit down, you write. Because it's not that way. Because God wanted process in order for there to be an interface of connection. So if we just jump, so-called, from the unconscious power of the soul without the, these, these so-called steps, it would be the equivalent of a teacher teaching you a brilliant idea, but never teaching you how to get there. Or the process, how I got from here to here. So basically, the way we function is, it's all within the etzim. Then the etzim comes out to so-called, what called a general expression. The general expression then comes into a potential expression. Potential comes into actual, but still... Uh, all-encompassing. Then it comes into details, and then it enters into the specific structure. Similar to what we spoke about at Silas Briyat First there's a vision, then there's an outline, then you flesh it out in detail, and then you have the full final, the full dimensional uh, product. So in a sense, Chachma is a spark, Bina is fleshing it out, Das is, is the full, full developed. Or however one explains that. So the bottom line is, is a process. So also in the source, it doesn't just jump from etzem to unconscious. To conscious, it, ju- it goes from etzem, which is completely beyond everything. Then that is that's like yecheles, the ability to do anything. Then comes the expression of creation. Maybe it's even the ability to create, whereas before it's just yecheles of everything. Let me see how he says yecheles. Where's the expression Yechelis? It's in the previous chapter. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could probably say that as well. You could say that Yechelish is just Atmos omnipotent or possible, everything possible type of ability. Then there's the Koyachid Lehavis. There's something something now has emerged from the big Atmos picture, but it's very amorphous. Hmm? What? Where are you reading? Yeah, right here. The look of uh, Okay, so that's it's still Kolbats Musay. Still, so then there's another level where then this proceeds. This is Kedem Alaysa Then there's going to be a level where the the Rotsen, there will become a an active desire for existence. We're not talking about the Nasava. We're not talking about things on the level of Atmos. We're talking now relationship. Everything is about relationship. In Atmos, there's no relationship. Atmos, the type of Atmos, to have the Yerubatachtenim, is all about Atmos. Period. But the type itself dictates that there should be something outside of Atmos that should connect to Atmos. So that type therefore, turns creates a process of relationships. So the Nisava itself doesn't come because of relationship, not for the need for a relationship, or not even definition of a relationship. But the Taiva is for a relationship. You can put it that way. And as such, we need levels. Because without levels, there's no relationship. So you need a level that finally will say, okay, now we want a desire for a building. So if someone asked you, why do you want that home that you're building? You'll say, I want a home to, to be comfortable, to be able to be myself. A place I can just express myself. Let's just say that. Someone said to you, okay, so what kind of home do you want? You say, I didn't really think about that. I, whatever it is that's going to fulfill that. They say, but now we need to build it for you. So what? tell us something. So you said, okay, let me think about it. And you come back and you say, okay, I developed now my desire. Now I'm going to describe what my desire is. I want to have a home with 25 rooms, with a, two stables, three garages. Is that enough? That's a laser rotson, exactly. I, I, actually, I shouldn't even say that's a laser rotson. A laser rotson is that, because that's not even spheres, no. That's, a laser rotson is I have a desire for a structured existence. You're not even saying what the structure is like. That's what the desire is. Then comes the level, Shir where you envision what does this structure look like. Ten spheres, ten hidden spheres. That's actually a very good example. So the same person, you ask him, you ask him in purpose, in Kavana, in the beginning of the process, the, the details don't matter to him. Well, let's put it this way, they're overshadowed by the Etzen. Now, the truth is, in Atmos, even details matter. But the details, the way they are included in his Nesave, has not a relationship with the details. The details are just simply the, 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 the so-called the, the expression of his, of his Nesave. Which we all, we all have this. It's the means and the end. There's a stage, like for example... When Moshe told Ambatzal to build the Mishkan, so he said, build the containers. He says, first it says, he begins with the containers, and then he says, and then build the Urias. You see the order, the order of Chumash. He starts with the Aran and then goes through the containers. Then he says, the Urias, and so on and so forth. So the Gemara says, Ambatzal right, says to Moshe, what kind of Seder is this? And in, in this, the Seder Ha'elam, that's what he says, the order and the process in the world is, First you build a home, a, a, a structure, then you put containers in there. Bottom line, yeah, what are you going to do with the containers? Where are, you going to, where are they going to hang out? So Moshe says, Mitzal, whatever, he says, you're correct, that's the way it is. 
So the, so Chassidus makes a whole thing. What's going on? Moshe didn't understand first you build a structure, then you build containers. So it says because Moshe is the visionary, he's interested in the kavana. The kavana is not the structure. The kavana is the kalim, the work you're going to do in the base of Migdush, the Mishkan, the Aaron, the service, the karbonus. You know, there's the two opinions. The Ramban says the Ramban says the main thing is the Aaron. The Rambam says the main thing is the karbonus. But either way, it's kalim. That's the purpose. So Moshe began the kavana. Like what I said about Veshof Sa'arat Shabbos Lashem. The Torah says, you come to the land, right away, make it Shabbos Lashem. And then it continues, it says six days. Betzal, on the other hand, is the architect. He's the implementer. He's not the visionary. So he has to say how it is. What's the process? The process is we don't begin with the containers. The first thing we have to do is create a structure. Yudhiyas. And then you bring the containers in. So this would be the equivalent, like, what, that the kavana in Atmos is the, like he says Malchus, the end in mind. The end in mind is what is the purpose? There, all the details, the whole structure, and how is is insignificant. Then comes, but part of the relationship is that it should happen in a structured way, in a way that we can retrace the steps. So therefore, comes step two, where now it, all step all the steps comes then Rotson, then comes ten spheres, and the spheres itself you don't begin with Malchus. You mean Chokhmah, Bina, Das. So bottom line is there's process where there's a means and there's an end and then there's, when you think of it in the, in, from the Atmos perspective, it's Atmos desire. Now, the end of the day, you'll ask the question, what happens once we climb the ladder and we get back there? Will we understand it from Atmos perspective? Absolutely. But then we'll have that ability to have seen both sides. We'll have seen it through the details and the details will have been brought back to the Etzem and then we'll really have like what we call Das Tachn and Das Elyon together. That's what Mashiach is. That we see the big picture and the small picture at the same time. And you see how they really wanted to end. But there's no way to get there without going through the steps. Okay, that's fine. That's good. Yeah. Then he goes on, and this is what I really wanted to focus on, the Bir Azair. I, I studied it and I got even more confused once I read it. It's usually the other way around. God, no, no, I, don't, I understand what he's saying, but I don't understand how he's connecting it here. Because here he seems to be talking about very high level. Then suddenly he says, So I have the Biyazir right here. It's a beautiful Biyazir, obviously. It's the Alter Rebbe explaining the Zayar and Pasha Bolok. That's the expression there. This is Bilam's blessing to the Jews. So what, let me just tell you briefly what he says in Biyazir, and then we'll read it inside here. Because when Bilam, one of the blessings he says is from the top of the stones, from the top of the mountains, I I see you. Migboy is a Migboy is a valleys, the way he describes huh? Giva uh, hills. Or, huh? Valleys or hilly, hills? It's definitely lower than mountains. That's for sure. No, no, no. Not in, maybe in the Sherish, but in the, in the practically, give us is lower. He says here in, in the Zayar here, it looks like it's valleys. It's valleys. A giva is a valley or a, a hill? I think a giva is a valley. In English translation, it translates as a hill. Giva, yeah. But, but sometimes we call it a but is, but Amik is called a valley usually. Yeah, but Giva 
Well, let's put it this way: compared to the mountain, it's definitely a. So, so here, so he explains the zera like this. Well, first of all, the the Alter Rebbe explains, and this is the Bura Zera, the Mitla Rebbe, right? I'm explaining Mashkasa Bura Zera Balak. On page 139. So basically, he says this whole Zaya, there's a Zaya that talks about that, uh, that Mereish Surim is talking about Chokma, and, uh, and Givois is talking about Bina. So Chokma is the taller mountains, the higher place, and Bina is the Givois. And he's talking about how it gives birth to Midas, to emotions. So basically, Chokma and Bina are like father and mother. And together, they provide. The father provides the seed. The mother provides the egg and the womb. And together, they give birth to a child. To children. In Ruchnius, this is Chachma and Bina giving birth to the Midas. And the Zer goes on to explain how all this is encompassed inside Chachma and Bina. And he explains briefly like this. Chachma is the spark, is the Nakuda, it's like a, the, the seed. In a seed, the Midas are there, but you can't recognize them at all. Completely concealed. In Bina, is where the gestation takes place and the fetus develops. Same thing, Midas begin to develop in Bina. So the root is in Chachma, but the development is in Bina. That's what he says there. And then he goes on to explain that... Um, That's why you have a thing called Midas Sikhlim. That in Seichel, even though it's not emotional yet, but you could, when you're understanding something in detail, you can you can feel an emotion. In the, in the mind, may, it may, may relate to it more with Chesed, or the mind may relate to it more with Gvura, but it's an intellectual Midah, means, basically. It's an intellectual sensation, not an emotional one. Whereas in Chochmi, you don't even have that. Then he goes on and says, that on the other hand, However, Bina develops the Midas, just like the child develops within its mother's womb. But, the, but the, because it's in its mother's womb, Bina does not have the power to transform a Midah. It only has the power to train and educate and allow an emotion to grow. So like he explains, for example, when you're a child, you may have, let's say, you're born with a nature of being very generous. That's the example he uses. As you grow older and you mature, that generosity becomes obviously full bloom. It blossoms. But that's not, you didn't change anything. You just took a midah as it's in its root, like a, like a little sapling and it grew into it. Like, like what happens in the mother's womb. The seed, the, the, the child develops. What happens to change a midah, to transform it, instead of it being, let's say, driven by its own needs and desires, you need chokhmah. The bitl of chokhmah. That's what he says. So that's the Meresh, that's the two things that's on Merenu. That's why Chachma is Renu, and words Asherenu, he calls Asherenu is from the word more like, like um, uh, he uses the word, um, it's like seeing something from a distance, not from close. Okay. Now, then he goes on and says like this, the Zayar uses an expression, and that's what Oishet Psiya Labar. The Zayar's expression goes like this. I'm just... He says like this. This is the Lashon of the Zayar, by the way. Koresh Surim Arenu. Tziyura v'diyukna da'avoy Israshim be'imamash. 
meaning the image and shape of Chochmah is literally engraved in there. That's Meresh Sur Merenu. Umayhi Zimna, Tehus Mbamadi Imam Mesitra Dila. And from there emerges the mother in the mother the the the, the, in the the mother's womb from her side and then he goes on and from there within the mother's womb extends a psilabar a small step outside. So he explains, the Alter Rebbe explains, what is this Ishid Psir Labar? He explains that just like when you look in a fetus as it grows in the mother's womb, you don't just have uh, a, a, a seed. You begin, it begins to develop into a full body thing. So it's still Uber Yerachim, it's still included in Bina. The Midas are still in Bina, but you can already recognize distinction of developed organs and so on. So there's something that's already... Even though this, the, the fetus is still inside the mother's womb, you can already recognize something that's going to ultimately be separate from the mother's womb. That's the psi labar. Well, upon birth, it'll be full-fledged. The child will emerge, and a midah will be born. But even before the midah, even before the child is born, you already see the development. In chachmah, in the seed, you'll see nothing. The moment of conception, you see all you see is a seed that's fertilized. Or before that, you just see a seed. It has potential. The seed carries in it everything, the, the genetics of the child, and so on and so forth. But as the fetus develops, you start seeing a psilabar, that's some, some type of expression outside. So now here's the question, what does this mean? So initially, in, in Buri Isaiah, this is all to, to explain these three lines here. Initially in Buri Isaiah, he says, you know what this is? He says, this is how the Midas begin to express themselves, even though they're still in Bina. And he uses an example. He says like this, the, the sphere is structured like this. Yud is Chochmah. Yud, hey, yud ke Vovke. Hey is Bina. Vov is Midas. And the last Hey is Malchus. See, here's what he says now. Yud is Chochmah. That's the seed. Everything is in there, but there's no Psilabar. A Yud is just a Yud. A Hey, when you structure a Hey, you have a right leg, a left leg. Then you have the left leg. A right leg, I'm sorry, a, a, a top and a right leg. And the left leg that's split by the space, right? A Hey. The bottom of the hay looks like a tuff. Actually, he makes the image in the birazer. What's the bottom leg of the hay? So it's not just a line. It's not just a vav. It's a vav with a little twist on the bottom. That twist. Like a backwards yud. That twist, right? Like a backwards yud. That's like that's like put, putting one one foot forward. So it looks like it doesn't look just like a leg. It's a leg moving forward. He says that is the midas beginning to emerge in the hay of bina. That's how he explains it. Hold on. So then, at the end of the piece, however, in Birazer, he goes on and says, we still need to understand this. Because according to the Lashon, in the Zohar, Pirish Levar, Matzmusei, Levar, it says it's a step forward. In the Zohar, where's the forward here? Where do you see, where do you see Something for it. For example, in the fetus, there's nothing. There's not like a leg coming out of the mother's womb, God forbid. It's all inside. Yeah, but he's, but he's saying from the language, labar, the expression labar means outside. means outside of. He's saying it means that there's something more than just what's there. So here's how he answers the question. I'm just telling you how he explains it. So he says, the pirish amiti, this is the language here. The true meaning in labar, in the step, 
is that it's talking not about Midas, it's talking about Malchus. That's what he says here. And what's what what is Malchus? We said Malchus is the lower hay. But the lower hay is included also in the higher hay. That's the step forward. And what does he say this is? This is speech. In Ruchni, this is speech. You're already expressing outside of yourself. Midas, at the end of the day, is your feelings. Compared to intelligence, midas is so-called to another. But speech is actual expression. When you want to really express saying words to someone else, and it shouldn't just remain in your thought, that's what he calls machshav, that's what he calls malchus. The way it's included in bina, that is that step forward. And that's tfuna, tfuna, ben and bas. That it has both a ben and bas. Ben are the midas, and bas is malchus. All encompassed in the, in the in this mother's womb, which is Bina. And this is what he says, Yolda Baz Shmadina. That's after the giving birth to the twelve tribes, or to some of the tribes, then Dina was born. That's Malchus. Okay. That's Pkins Apsila Varsha Batech Ha'alaf Arashain Shoshem Havaya Shadem is Al Shadish Mahsab Mesias Nukva the Zah, Nikra Bikins Dibra Elian Kidur. Yeah. Now, all this is, is somewhat esoteric, so let's explain what all this means in, in, in uh, simple English. And then we'll go to read it how he's saying it here. Malchus is the power, as we said, to create. Middays don't have a power to create, nor, nor does the mind. Malchus has the power to create. The power of Atmos. The power of the earth. The power... Right? Okay. Correct, but no, but the woman doesn't create, she carries. That's the thing. Bina, Bina carries. Yeah, but the, the creation really is coming from Kesser. That's really the truth. Kesser, which is in Malchus, is the creation. Even Chochmah is not really the force of creation. Chochmah is... is a desire, so without the, the, the desire, it doesn't create it's the same idea. No, it's not the same idea. I would not say that. No, I would not say yeah, that this is... Kesser is beyond Zohar and the Kesser Kesser is the source. Kesser is the desire. Desire doesn't create. You need a force of creation. If God didn't give us a blessing that we could give birth to other children, we wouldn't, with all the desire in the world, it wouldn't help. Desire does not create. Desire is helps the process, to, to begin the process. But uh, creation yeah, is a, is a gift. Is Malchus is the creator, but Malchus gets the power from Kesser. Yes, through all the steps, fine. That's all the, through the steps, that's fine. Yeah, but here, but here's the thing. Here's here's what he's saying. And I think now I've answered my question with Birazir. Why he's bringing it? Anyway, as far as the Birazir goes, before we get back to Ayin Bayes, the vote is like this. Let me just see one thing here. This is the Alter Rebbe said it, but the Mittler Rebbe wrote it. The Mittler Rebbe published this. He has an introduction that every Friday night the Alter Rebbe was known, he would say a beer in Zayar. And he says that every Shabbos we saw the Alter Rebbe studying and, and, and reading Dar page by page very slowly and very in depth. Yeah. 
I just want to say one thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So he says basically like this. Letters, the letter, when a child is born, they already have letters in their soul. But it doesn't come expressed until uh, a few a few years. So Bina is the one that ultimately develops. The Bina develops in the child. The letters begin to develop. But they're there already. Malchus is Dibur. Malchus is the ability to go out of yourself and do something outside with, outside of your entity. So that is rooted in Bina. And the Aces are rooted in the Nefesh, in Chochmah even. But the expression comes through Bina. So what is the Psiya? What is the small step? Mal- expression comes through Malchus. Yeah, but it's born in Bina. It's 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 developed. It's uh, it's uh, gestates. It's uh, develops within Bina, like in the mother's womb. That's why a fetus understands uh, speech. Could be, yeah. So what is the psi? He's saying, how is it in his mother's womb? How is it in Bina? This dibur. The dibur is then just one step forward. That's what it is. It's not yet. You can't get call it a step, a full step. You can't call it an independent speech because it doesn't have speech yet. But you can say that in it has been born already the potential to go out outside of itself. Whereas Midas and, and Midas, Za, which is Ben, or in the case that he says Vav, that's the Vav, Za is the Vav. Or sometimes the Vav within the hay. is the Vav within the hay. That is, he does not call Psi Labar. That's the ultimate explanation. Because you can't really call that outside. So it's true. Compared to Chachma, the whole fetus is already a developed state, but Malchus, the element of reaching outside of itself is that small little psi labar. That's what he says. So now we have that the root of Malchus is in is in Bina. That's the bottom line. So now let's go to the Ayin base. So what is he using this for? He just said that we have in Keset, Malchus, two levels. One is the other is one is the power of creation, the other is some revelation even before the Ratzin so he's saying, ah, that's what he's trying to explain. He's saying, Vyesh Lamer, that this first level, I'm not sure what first level he means, which was for which. That this first level, I guess it means, Malchus means Elke Elam, is al what it says in Zehar. What does it say in Biura Zehar? So he says now, let's read now. Kimereh shouldn't be in your Eshit Psilabad. He extends a step forward, a step out outward. So This is what is the step forward? As I just explained, this is the root of the letters of the word of dibur of speech, at as it's rooted in malchus within bina. This is called machshav seichel. Seichel itself is intelligence. The thought of intelligence is considered to be dibur, the words within the mind, within intelligence. What is that? That's the level of malchus within tfuna. So take away malchus, you don't really have a, a, an expression outward. So it's already born within bina. He says the vav, the vav he's talking about here is the vav of the letter hey. That letter vav, before it has that step forward. Remember I said before it has the twist on the bottom. That's Zah, that's Midas. And the step forward, that's Bina. That's Malchus, rather. And the step outward, 
that the eshet that goes outside of the essence, it's rooted also in bina. So now, how is he explaining it here? Vahainu is still is still the language there. Vahainu raksham is havesheder shemakol mitzis eshes shaladibur. In bina, it means it's only created the root and source of these letters of word of of speech. Achadayin ubchinus iskalos, but it's still all encompassed in bina there. Kibchinus zosha kol bima nikra midas shabeshechel kiyudua. Because the level of Zah, the middays within Bina are called middays of Seichel, within Seichel. And the step forward, the step outward from the essence is called the thought of Seichel, which is already the expression of Seichel, like, like speech, like letters. So here's what, where I was, my dilemma. Okay, we understand what it means in Birazer. How is it applied here and how does it help us here? That's the question. How is it helping us understand what he's saying here? Then he goes on and says, I'm going to get back to it in a minute. Umadrega Habe is the second level. And the second level is Hamalchus is already in Midas, the power to reveal, not in Bina anymore. Bottom line is what he's saying here is that these first two levels, Elam, in Malchus, and Rabim are compared to these two levels. What I was disturbed by, and I'm still not clear, He's speaking on such a high level. He's saying it's the power of Atzmus to create. And it's the Shmoi, the Yechelis, how it comes out and is revealed. And suddenly now he's bringing it all down into levels within Chochmah, Tabina, Zah. So my thinking is now, I'm just realizing that it could be like this. Because afterwards he's going to say the third level is Keser Sheba Malchus. So what we have here, we have Bina in Malchus, Malchus within Bina, we have Malchus within Zah, and we have Malchus as it's from Keser. So it could be that basically he's describing it on a lower level, basically three elements inside of Malchus. Malchus, which is going to be the power to create outside of itself, like Dibur, like speech, it's rooted in Bina. That's level one, that's Elikei Elam. Level two, Berachamecha Rabim, is the so-called, its revelation is already how it is in Zoh, in Midis. So Seichel... Even though the letters are born there, but Seichel is still somewhat apart. Midas, your feelings, Midas are closer to speech than this Seichel is, basically. Because it's more Zulas, it's more related to another. And then he says, I Seichel, which is, we're talking about the letters within Bina of Malchus, even though it has letters, they're still bound in the expansion of the idea. So here's another example for the second level. When you think of these words, and the seichel is diminished, then it's dibur sheba In other words, and this is really dibur It's a lower level. Okay. In other words, basically, the way Dibur, the letters of Dibur are in, in Bina is high, is more amorphous and more encompassed than the way the letters of Bina are in, uh, in, in Midas, in Zah. And then comes third level,
What I am most bothered by is I thought it would be the other way around. Elikei Elam is the highest level. Here it appears that Elikei Elam is Bina, Malchus and Bina. Chamecha Rabbim is Malchus and Zah. And then suddenly he's moving to Keser. Keser Malchus. Maybe that's the meaning. It's Keser Malchus. It's not. It's that way. So maybe you're right. It's going the other way around. So in other words, Malchus, its root begins in Bina. That's where it begins to develop. It's the Psiya Levar. The next step, Malchus is Zah. And then comes the Keser that, 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 that infuses and informs Malchus, the Ayin that infuses Teva with uh, Rema Musa Teva, that elevates Teva to higher than Teva. Yeah, that's the way. You're probably right. And then, that's how he concludes this chapter. I'm not, I'm not going to read it again. I'm just going to say here. They talks all about Rachmanus Racham Aleinu. That's level three. Racham Aleinu, which in the macrocosm, if you remember, Racham Aleinu was Shir Atzmei Bekeich. He's already envisioning a, a defined structure. So here, Racham Aleinu is Kesamachus, how the Ayin is informing the, uh, the Ani. Malchus is Ani. And the Ayin of Keser, the Bittl, is like he says, it's like miracles that are manifest in nature. So they elevate nature and they reveal nature as being a, uh, they reveal the godliness within nature. And same thing, when we when we meditate, we contemplate it, the same thing is true in our feeling. That that we sense that compassion, we see how low we are. Remember he said, Rahmanis comes only from a level of Keser. Because when you're exalted, you see how the lowliness of something, so you have compassion on it. Same thing when we meditate on our state of how great God is, we see where we are and how distant we are, that arouses a compassion on our souls. And that brings the fourth level, Adenu Zenu, that you have, that, 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 that uh, and compassion is higher than Erepinimi, than imminence. Then you have Adenu Zenu, that gives strength to the soul that comes from the Rachamim. It gives strength for us to be able to um, leave our lowliness and our distance, as we shall explain. That's how the chapter ends. It's a little dense because of these levels. He didn't mention me this. No, he did. He mentioned it, but only uh, in, in only briefly. The bottom line is... Is this all in the first? The bottom line is you have to just remember one thing I need to clarify because it may confuse. You know, there are people... When he talks to this... There's two parts. There's what we call Haskola and we call Aveda, right? You hear the expression Haskola and Aveda, right? I want to just say one important thing about it because it will help understand this. Haskola just generally means like, you know, Intellect. Say masculine is an intellect, intellectual. And an Avid is a person who works on himself. Friedrich Rebbe and the Rebbe Rashab and all the Rabbi made a big fuss about people who are masculine and not Avidim. They actually very much, very uh, denigrate that approach, that attitude. Friedrich Rebbe even has an expression that a masculine walks on his head and an Avid walks on his feet. Basically, a maskal, because in the mind, it could all stay in the mind. And there's very sharp sikhs from the Rebbe Rashad, about people who just learn this and don't work on themselves. They could be brilliant philosophers, but there's not one drop of refinement. They were very negative about it. I remember a sikh in the Tavshim Zayin, I can tell you where it is, Vayetze, Yud Kislev. The Rebbe spoke about the Mitla Rebbe and the Alter Rebbe Chachm Bin. And the Rebbe said there's something very interesting. That there's an Indian in Haskalah of Chassidus itself also. 
even though it was always known, I mean, so you can ask the question, if the Rabbeim are so negative about Ascola, why are they taking on this Ascola trip here? I mean, this is, this is you know, they should tell you, go, do, go work on yourself. You have pages and pages. This isn't easy uh, material. It's, it's exert. So it's not Pshad the Rabbeim said, no, don't, don't use your mind. Don't stay in your mind. That's the point. But obviously, Chabad is based on, as we're seeing here, the interface is bringing the mind is what helps us understand God. Take away the mind, we serve our master. But that's only service. You want to integrate, you need to appreciate. And to appreciate requires some type of intelligence. But you can't stop there. It can't just be an intellectual exercise. A mind game. It has to come into action. But the Rebbe spoke there very strongly how Ascola has its own, as in a certain element, has an end in itself. And it does say in some places in Chassidus that the Ascola actually refines your mind. When you're learning Chassidus and you're not learning something else, you're actually learning about godliness and it elevates your mind and inevitably affects, refines you as a person. It makes you a more refined person. Obviously, that's not sufficient. Then you have to bring it down to davening and to Aveda because that's where it comes down to, the real hard work of implementing it. But it's a lot deeper than that. Because that way, you know, you see two worlds, Ascola, Aveda. Almost like um, you know, in university you have philosophy and psychology. It's two different courses. I have always understood, and especially the more you read and more you learn, that the truth is there aren't two worlds. The Rabbeim were coming to negate those that think there are two worlds. They never meant to say there's really two worlds. There's one world. There's one God. He manifests in Seichel. And he also manifests in Midas. And all manifests in action. There's no three gods. There's no two gods. We make that mistake because we live in a world of duality. So we can get stuck in our heads and not bring into action like uh, Bertrand, Bertrand Russell said. They asked him, how could he behave unethically? He's a professor of ethics. He said, I also teach mathematics and I'm not a triangle. You, could t- you don't... You, you, well, it's brilliant. It's a, it's a classic academic statement, which means you are not, you, you're not what you teach you don't, and what you teach is not necessarily who you are. What does the Rambam say? You want to know who a Chacham is? You have to look at his actions. How he eats, how he drinks, how he does business, his details. Not that we're, any of us are perfect. And not that any of us, we all don't live up to our, our ideals. Our, our ideals are always higher than our actions. That's a, that's a rule. That's why they're called ideals. Um, but we don't, we don't justify it and turn it into philosophy to say, like the Rebbe once said, we all have flaws, but don't make your flaws a philosophy. We don't turn to philosophy and say because we don't always live up to our ideas, that's why it's good. And that's why it's healthy and that's the way we should be. So that's what we aspire to. But in truth, if you really think about it, it's not like God is, it's not like God is more seicheldic than he is emotional. You know, and I'm a bar seichel, I get God. God is as distant from seichel as he is from emotions. He's distance from everything. But he wanted to manifest in seichel. So seichel really, if you really think about it, is godliness... Dressed up in a garment called Seichel. That's really what it is. And that's why Chachma senses it. Chachma senses the beyondness of intelligence. That's why it has Bittl. Like he says in Tanya, in chapter 35, in the Haggai, he says, Chachma senses, There's nothing but him. True wisdom is, brings you to Bittl, not to Yeshes. But a Yesh that's going to use wisdom, obviously, is going to become more of a Yesh. But if you're really thinking about ideas that are beyond you, that should break you less of a... Ego, not more of an ego. That's why it says in Chassidus, when you learn science, you learn about yourself and learn about the world, you become a bigger yes, because you're learning the wisdom of you, how great I am, or how great I can become. But when you learn godliness and you're learning the root of it all, you really actually should humble you, 
and say, what am I? One idea that comes into your mind is coming from a reservoir of infinite ideas from a place that's beyond ideas. You know, it's all, like he says, all a reflection of a reflection of a reflection of God's name, which has no connection to it. It's not meant to teach us how slow, low we are. It's meant to teach us how great God is and don't consider yourself a big, such a... And once you know how distant you are, you can then become close, obviously. My point that I'm trying to make here is that Haskol and Aveda, I would, you know, if I created a school, I would not call one the Department of Psychology and the Department of Philosophy. It's a Department of Truth. And MS and reality has two ways. It goes one step is it's like two two two, cha- two uh, chambers. It travels through the chamber of the mind and travels through the chamber of the heart, and then it travels through the cha- chamber of action. But it's all one thing. Why am I saying it? Even though it's, I think it's relevant in general, it's very relevant to our discussion here. Because till now we've been learning it all in Haskalah. We're learning what's the level of Atzimus and what's the level of Elikeilam and Racham Acharabim and where is the desire arise and what levels desire and then the details in the desire, then the Tzimtzum and Ak and Briyatsir and Asiyah and all that. The real, we really want to appreciate that. You have to think of it. What is its impact? Am I avoid each of those levels? Then you really get into understanding it. Here in this chapter, he's already beginning Malchus. He's already talking about it. You can see it's weaving it together. He's no longer just talking Haskalah here. He's talking here also how it has an impact on us. And I'm mentioning it because it could be confusing because he's like changed channels, but he's not really changed channels. Because the Rebbe Rashab knows that when he's talking the intellectual ideas, he's also talking about Avaida. The little foot of the hay. Right. So the po- exactly. So the point is that all these levels, like he said, they're, they're in davening. It's not just, it's not just being a mathematician here and saying, okay, this level fits this level. This fits this level. You're talking about five different levels of impact on our lives. And remember, it all began with the impact of transcendence on our lives. That's the key. Imminence, as he says here in this chapter even, he says, from imminence alone, from the imminent energy, you're not going to have compassion on your soul. Like when imminent energy is when you look at the world, you see, oh wow, the beautiful design that God created. You see Mamalakalaman. You see God gave me life. I bench after a meal. I thank God for giving me food. It's all about God. It's all about you. But how God relates to you, which is a great level, because a lot of people don't even do that. They're just completely self-absorbed. So here you're taking the self and saying, my self is blessed. I've been blessed with children. I've been blessed with food. I've been blessed with parnas. I'm blessed with life. Every morning I thank God for giving me uh, a neshama, for giving me my power to breathe, for giving me das. So you're basically acknowledging the godliness within existence. Fine. That's a critical first step. But you don't have anything that gets you out of the system. Transcendence you don't have. You have transcendence, but all the fierach proportionate to your system. As I said, that's already, for many people, that's already an achievement. To make a bracha and say, thank God they gave me food, is better than just pressing and, 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 not, and thinking that yourself, everything's about me. But then, he's like he says here, but from there, you don't sense the shifus verichuk. I'm talking about the end of the chapters, the, dist- the, the, the lowliness and distance. Meaning, because...
Because now, now, however, when you start sensing that Malchus, that the creation comes from a level that is beyond existence and not just it's commensurate to your being, then you sense the distance and you sense your lowliness. And that is something that cannot be contained in Er Pnimi, and that's where you need Rachmanus, compassion. Compassion, which is Er Makif, something transcendent. You're not going to have compassion for yourself if you just think, you know what, I'm a healthy guy, I eat, I drink, and I thank God, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm a good Jew. Compassion can only come, why, why is there compassion? When you sense, one second, I'm comfortable in Golos, but you know, there's a whole dimension that's missing here. God is beyond me. Even if I'm comfortable, and even though I find godliness in my existence, compared to that which is beyond, there's a, I'm really on a very distant level, and we're in deep Golos. And just because I'm comfortable doesn't mean I'm not in goals, so to speak. And that re- that's ma'erir on er makif. That's racham aleinu. That requires, when you sense that, you, that, that there's something beyond, then you sense, you, or you sense how low you are, yeah. then that evokes a rachmonis. Now there's a compassion for this soul. Even a healthy human being on earth with everything, it's, uh, it needs compassion from a higher transcendent level. Because... No, we. We need. So the Orpanimic Tiferes, which you call Rachman, is lacking still that. No, not Rachman. We're talking about Erpanimi. So how do you explain that? Lo read, read the first line. Because of his lowliness and his distance, the, the 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 imminent energy cannot be revealed within himself in an imminent way, in a revealed way. So that's why So it comes to him in a form of armakiv as compassion. He said like earlier, he said when a person is let's talk a human being, when a person is let's say a Moshe Rabbeinu, a Rebbe, because of his exalted level, he can have compassion on you because he sees where you stand, and he feels compassion. If he's on your same level. He's not going to feel compassion, you know, because he's saying there's not no what's the compassion? Compassion comes from a place that's beyond a makiv thing. So that's what he's saying. Racham alein. When we say God, have compassion on us, you're saying that our state is much lower than yours, and we need your makiv. Yeah. So bottom line is that what we're getting from all of this is that that you're getting both the that he's talking about now that these levels that we're talking about, starting from elikei elam, when we say God. Elikeilam, God the creator of existence. That is Atmos, beyond us all. Malchus has that. Berachamecha harabim, in your great abundant compassions, meaning in your um, state where you have now manifest as a creator, as Eirein Sof, as the shame, as uh, as, uh, the, as the Malchus in Bina, that little step. Rachem Eleinu, have compassion on us. From that level, come into the next level and have compassion on us. In other words, what you're having is an atmos that's beyond it all, is 
we're drawing him closer to us, basically. We we're God's, saying that in our davening. We should have God's best wishes. Have compassion on us. Compassion on us, meaning bring those levels into a shir atzmei b'kayich, into envisioning us. Malchus as it's, as it's in Zah now. In Midas. Okay? Um... Right, that's Racham Eleno, or am I, am I, did I skip a level? No, I did skip a level. One second, one second, one second. How's it go? But Elakei Elam, Berachamecha Harabim, Racham Eleno. Right. So I have a desire. I did not share that with One second. No, no, no. So the two levels. I'm sorry. So that, so the Elakei Elam, the way that no Elakei Elam, I made a mistake. Elakei Elam is the way Malchus is in Bina. In Bina, right? Where there's already something. He has to. He have to say that. Yeah, the second level of Malchus is Zah. That's all Rachamecha Harabim, right? And Rachamelenu, yeah. So that level, Rachamelenu, now so-called shine on us or compassion on us. That's the Makif of Yechida. The first two are not a Makif of Yechida. Not even Makif. The root of Makifim. This is already a mark of Yechidah. Have compassion on us. That's Kesamach. What does that mean? That infuse us with something that's transcendent. Infuse the nature with something that's miraculous. Reveal. Because nature alone, as I said, is fine. Nature is reveals, but it doesn't reveal anything outside of the system. Reveal that which is beyond the system within the system, which reveal to us that transcendent element which is evoked through our distance and through our lowliness. That's basically what he said. And that in turn, Adenu Zenu, becomes a, the master of our strength that gives us strength. That's the last thing. That gives us strength to get out of this darkness, to get out of this lowly state. Remember, it's one feel, it's one flow. So it's basically we're evoking from the root, from the source, all the way to the Makifim, of, this is Makif of Yechida, to basically Makif of Chaya. That's as far he's gotten now. We've not gotten yet to Makif of Nefesh, Nushama, Ruach, and Nefesh. Tiri law, depends what you mean by Tiri law. If Tiri law is which level by use Tiri law? Tell me the level and I'll tell you what it is. Makif Yechida. This is Makif in Malchus. Makif Tiri law is Rachem Aleinu. Am I right? Uh, no, 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 no. One second. Makif of Yechida is no. Makif of Yechida is the Rotz, right? Yeah, yeah, Makav Yechidah, Rotson, that's Racham Aleinu, correct. Adenu Zenu is Rishir Atzmi B'Kayach, it's still the ten hidden spheres, it's still Chaya, it's all before the... Yeah, yeah. Well, so bottom line, what I'm trying to say is, to really understand this, you have to really, uh, you know, applying it, it's not just, okay, we know the levels. Now, the question is, what le- the, the impact of these levels on our lives? That's the whole thing began with that. Remember, the whole thing was, how does transcendence impact on us? So he started first, transcendence impacts on us. We talked about the transcendence of Ak. That was the impact on us in the, in the faith, Amuna, Pshuta, Mesiris um, Nefesh, the Bittle of Balarot and Asavanishma. That was Ak. Then we spoke about the, the, the effect of the transcendence of Tahiri Law, which is the transcendence of before the symptom. Um, that effect was the body, Mesiris Haguf, that we were able to, the Bittle of the body, the Akeda. Fasting, Yom Kippur, with the body is. Then he spoke about the effect of Atsilas on us. That's the hidden love, the desire we have for godliness, the thoughts of tshuva that come to us spontaneously. 
Then he began, and I want to understand now the effects of the other makifim. So he went back to the source and started again, speaking how it comes from from Elokei uh, Elam or from Baruch Shamar, and all the levels. And now he's bringing it back that it's all within Malchus, and it just it's all one mesh together. That's why I'm trying to stress that apart. The bottom line is its impact on our lives. That's what it comes down to. What is the impact? So you have to really break it down. Each of the levels has an impact on us. Like he asked the question, what's the impact of LK Elam? LK Elam is basically complete bittle. That you absolutely, there's only Atmos and that's it. And then it comes down. But here he's saying LK Elam, because that's the way we read it. God, the God, the Creator, in your infinite or abundant compassions, have compassion on us. Be the master of our strength. Tzur Mizgavenu. By the way, Tzur, Samach Tzadik explains Tzur is connected to Tzurim, to this Bira uh, Hazeyah. But he doesn't get there yet, so I don't want to confuse matters. Tzur Mizgavenu be the rock of our uh, whatever strength. Mogin Yishenu be the shield of our salvation. Or uh, And Mizgav uh, Badenu be the tower of our, for us. So this is all one flow. But each level is another impact of transcendent energy depending on which level of transcendence, on our, on our existence and our souls. He right now covered the first four, basically. It's not really the first four. The first two cannot really be considered. The first two is Atmos and Eirein Saf. Or what he uses here, Shem HaKolol and Shem HaGoli. Or if you want, Malchus in Bina and Malchus in Zoh. Then comes the five levels of Yechida, Chaya, those two he explained here, that's... that's um, Racham Aleinu and and Adenu Zenu, and then he's going to the next chapter, which I don't think we're going to get to, is, is going to go into Adenu Zenu. He's going to elaborate more on this level that we just described, and then he's going to move to the others, the other three. This is it's it's interesting journey. What can I tell you? I'm just thinking about it. Wow. Because you see, until now, we were able to get away until chapter, I would say, 69. We get away of speaking only the Haskala of it. Because he was talking about the structure, laying out the spheres, imminent energy, as the spheres, agnusis. Even though, you know, it's clear that it's all coming to teach us how to connect to the divine. But here he's already bringing it into Avedah. So it gets far more, uh, more, more complicated. Yeah, but he's still going mile Absolutely, absolutely. That's how he's climbing. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah, but remember, you're going within because you're davening and you're evoking the highest levels and you're traveling downward, but you're doing it within yourself. Then there's a certain point in davening, I don't know. We'll get there. I'm fine if, if I can master this. I'd be in good shape. You, you, you mastered this already. Well, you see, you're talking about sense, and we're talking about avodah. So maybe you should try to work on this now. That's where the Rebbe wants us to talk. You know, if the Rebbe said this moment right now in front of you, you'd ask him, "What are you going to do in five years from now?" He'll say, "Why don't you do this first, and then we'll get there." Why are you so impatient? I think you'll do very well, especially in Montevallo, if you just focused on Baruch Shomer and Chushetze, and the rest, you do the usual lip service. That would be a ready achievement. 
Right. Hazaza. Right, like a like tshuva from the word from Beshaita. What's the word expression there? Uh, you know, tshuva enker. Uh, what's the expression? Beshaita chad. But there's another. Uh, yeah. Well, a question on that last, very last line. Adon Ozenu, that it should have the impact, as you said, this whole idea of how this transcendence impacts our lives, it comes down to Adon Ozenu, and he says that it should give us koach and strength to say to go out from shifl to richos. Richos. Right. So the question is, I always thought shifl was a state that we don't want to go out, that we want to maintain it. No, 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 no. Shiflis, actually, the word. First, first of all, <laughs> remember, let's not let's talk in language here. These, some words are used in different contexts. Sometimes shuffle is actually used as the most derogative, negative way. An onov is healthy, a shuffle is not healthy. An onov is a humble person, a shuffle is a person of low self-esteem. Just for the record. So that's another way to use it. When David uses on a uh, shuffle and bottle, um, right. So there's an element of that. There's a stage where you need to have that type of sense of humility. He's not saying get out of humility. He's saying get out of your lowliness. Here's I would translate lowliness. Right. And in general, just for the record, remember at the end of the day, avoda always consists of iskafi and isabcha. There's always a level of where you're sensing. Remember, it's all Ave and Yira. It's all love and respect. So there's one element where there's a closeness. There's an element of distance. That's not the distance he means here. It's essentially, essentially the recognizing that we are, as the Alter Rebbe says, to know how small you are and how great you can become. There's certain, certain meditation contemplations focus on the distance. And there's certain contemplations that focus on the closeness. It all depends which part of the Aved you're talking right now. Here, transcendence in general is not, I wouldn't call the word distance, but it's a, yes, it's a certain element of mystique, mystery, God's uh, distance from us. Distance as in, not distance as in, uh, as beyond us. And here's also distance, could also be Golos, or anything that uh, that we sense, that, you know. There was someone once by Kiyah Shev, the Friedrich Rebbe used to cry a lot by Shefer. Later years, he didn't blow Schaefer. He only said the blessings. But there was a man there, a Yekka background, and he sees I was crying like 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 a little child. He didn't stop crying. And he turned to someone and said, "What's he, why is he crying? He has a beautiful wife, beautiful children, beautiful sons-in-law. Look, I'm Lichsidim, a nice house. What's he crying about? So that's like Mamala Kalam. Mamala Kalam doesn't understand why you'd cry if everything is fine. But he's crying. But if you know about Elokus that's beyond existence, there's a lot to cry about. That's something that most people don't, you know, you need to look through this for that. Is that the answer so, to the part? No, I, I'm explaining it. He just, he just t- t- told the story. That's what, who told that? That's a great I heard the story from someone who was there. Why is he crying? So most of us cry when we're in pain or we're lacking something. Why did the Rebbe Rashab cry when he went in a 45-year-old to the Tzemach Tzedek and said, Vayera, I love Hashem, that God revealed himself to Avram. 
And why is he not revealing himself to me? What was he crying about? So I remember once, the, there's the answer that Tzamaq Tzadik said, when a Jew is 90, a Tzadik, a Jew, at 99 years old, decides he's going to be mal himself, can circumcise himself, he's worthy of God revealing himself. But the Rebbe focused often on the question itself. A child is crying why God doesn't reveal himself. Not because I don't have a candy, or because we're in Golis, or there's a pogrom, or because there's a disaster. Why is God not revealed? Listen, if someone asks you, why should we want Mashiach today? Remember, there's also Maresh Surim, Arenu, Tzamech compares it to Mashiach. He says, Malchus is Nailed, Mashiach, Mashiach is in Betin Malchus. That's how he compares it. Yeah. So if someone asks you what's wrong, you know, uh, the Gemara says, according to Shmuel, that Rambam brings it, Ein bein, Yimeis Mashiach, Le'elam Haza, Ela Shibad Malchus Bovad. Or Ein bein, Le'elam Haza, Yimeis Mashiach. No difference between today and Mashiach, only our uh, sub- subordination to, uh, to kings, to leaders. What is the Shibad Malchus besides paying taxes? And sometimes a parking ticket, you know. So you could argue this is Mashiach's times. In a way it is, in the in that sense of it. But not in the sense of Gilead Lakus. See, when the Rebbe yelled and screamed, why you can't say that the Six-Day War or Israel is as to the Gula, what was his main thing? Besides the Rambam, the Rambam says, you know, Gula means you need to have a Beis Amikdash, you need to keep his Golis, and not Beruchnis. We're talking here physical... And there were those that said it's a stepping stone. There were all those that said it's actually a, a, a stage in Gula. You know, there's Rav Kook and all the others. The Rebbe was very adamant against it. At the same time, the Rebbe was the one that said, and said again and again, that we're Ikfus Meshicha and Gilead Chassidus, and we're, 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 we're tasting it, we're at the edge of it, it's Erev Shabbos, all the expressions. Whatever that. But definitely not as to the Gula. The reason is because by the Rebbe, Geula doesn't just mean that you have comforts and no one is attacking you. Or that you can stand in Israel and have ice cream and be a Jew. But Geula, Geula means Gilead Kus. The reason we have a Beis HaMikdash and, and Kibbutz Gol is not because of technical things. Someone's going to go, so someone says, you know what, let's go build a Beis HaMikdash now. We have Mashiach here. No, it goes the other way around. When the time, when the world is ready, then God says, "Build a base of Megiddo." It's not the building; the building is a reflection of a stage. So, so the understanding of Geula is not just a question of a technicality, whether uh, Jews are gathering back to Israel. It's a question; of, it's a it's a ruchnis So when we say and the Jews in Israel say it, because of our sins, we were exiled from Israel. How do you say that in Israel? You, what do you mean? We're not exiled; we're here. Because you could be there and be in exile. Yeah, because 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 it's about Yerushalayim Shalmai, Yerushalayim Shalmai. You're not talking about technically. Obviously, it's a beautiful thing that Jews are there. Obviously, Eretz Yisrael is a blessed land and it's God's land and so on. The Rebbe gave all those said the most safest place on earth. Aschal to the goal. The reason is ultimately number one, the Rambam. The Rebbe says no one disagrees with the Rambam. But that's not. Aschal to the goal is not my expression or yours. It's it's an expression in Chazal. There's opinions. That say what's called uh, uh, what do they call it uh, like uh, 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 yeah. um, what's the word? Yeah, there's an expression, right? And and the, and the, huh? there's an expression, right? It'll, it'll come to me. I, I, um, it'll be in stages. But the Rambam, the Rebbe brings all this and says the Rambam kima kima. 
Kima Kima, there's another expression. Uh, Kima Kima is not. But bottom line is that Rambam Paskin is not like that. And not like that opinion. That's the bottom line. That's the most important aspect. There are Chazal that that say that there's a, that that's possible. There's also Chazal that say that you know, but the, Rebbe, the Rambam Paskin is not like that. And the Rebbe goes. So, I have one Rebbe. Okay. So you can go you can go with Rav Cook's approach. The Rebbe went adamantly against it. You know, I mean, I, as I said, I have one Rebbe. My opinion, according to the Rebbe, it's not legitimate. No, I would not say that at all. That's uh, your way of looking at it. I would adamantly disagree. Because, let's put it this way. Is it like saying the Rambam Paskin's one way? Can you say a Rav Kook, because he's a godl, yeah. is Paskin another way? It's not Paskin another way. He, he also knew the Rambam. So, 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 but, but, so what is he doing? Is he Paskin another way or not Paskin another way? He, yes, he's overruling the Rambam. He says that's different now. That, what, he's not overruling the Rambam? So how do you explain Rav Kook? You can learn, you can learn within the Rambam. You can't. It's expression, expression. We're talking here. There's a, that, the Rebbe's adamance in this is very strong. It wasn't just a matter of a few opinions. Very strong. And I think fundamentally, it's also a major difference. That it's not just a technicality. That's why I'm so adamant about it. Because it's a major difference of how you look at the world right now and how you look at Jews. So if Rav Kook created a movement that was bringing Jews that were not yet know what Gula is to Gula, then I'd say I'd say to him he was a, maybe a scholar, he was a scholar, but he's not a rebbe. He didn't understand the generation. He, what he did was, you could argue, actually undermined because he created a certain legitimacy to secularism. He, I understand what I wrote. I read very well what he said that it's one step and then comes the next step. He said stronger words. He said that even playing soccer on Shabbos in Israel is like a step to the Gula because you have Jews in Israel at least because they're setting the stage for the Gula. But the bottom line is, what is the result? Forget about whether you can read a Chazal like this. To me, the difference between a leader and a Talmud Chacham is, what Rav Salavechik was by the Rebbe when he turned 80. So on the way back, Rabbi Shachter, who was one of his students that was, came with him, asked him, so what did he see? And how's the, the Rebbe changed from when he met him the last time? So you know what he answered? He says, yes. He became from a Talmud Chacham, he's now a Nasi, Yisrael. And he said that the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu when he came down from the mountain the first time, he was a Talmud Chacham. He was a scholar. He learned Torah with God. And he came down the second time, he was a leader because he had prayed for the Jews. And when did his face shine, according to most opinions, was after the Luchashniyas, Ayim Kippur. Because now he's a leader. So the Karni Hoi, that he couldn't look at his face, came from the truth, from the working on saving the Jews, not on teaching them. So my point is like this. With all due respect to Rav Kook and others, uh, Rav Kasha has a whole book called Aschal to the Gula, or Tkuf Agdela. Uh, and um, they may have been scholars, and they were scholars, I have no doubt about it. But a leader is another thing than a scholar. The problem with a scholar or proposed a leader is a leader also understands the long-term consequences. A scholar can give you a, 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 a true Torah idea. Yeah, I'm not saying Rav Kook doesn't base it on Mamar Chazal. But the question is the consequence, and which is why I understand how the Rebbe was so adamant against it, was the consequence was, how do you look at the world today? You know, and ultimately, um, do you cry over this situation we're in? Or do you say it's a schal to and it's a joy? 
And I think if you don't know how to cry, you can't really be Makar of the world to use it to Elokus and to God and to the Gul. That would be my my bottom line. So on one hand, yes, it has a lot of simonim and a taste, and yes, we have to thank God for the blessings of prosperity. But I think the Rebbe also understood the the, the distance from godliness. And maybe Rav Kook didn't understand that. I would not say Rav Kook necessarily was as holy as a Rebbe. He was a scholar. He was a great scholar. And that maybe requires someone that has a sense of, of uh, maybe this Rikuk and Shiflus. And that's why the Rebbe would not want to call it a Gula, because then you take away from that element. Anyway, bottom line is it doesn't even matter. I'm just trying to explain it. You want to chalk it up. So you might as well chalk up. I could chalk up with the Rebbe and all other people that he disagreed with. Huh? Anyway, let's uh, I did a review of chapter 74. It was pages uh, Kuflamit 138 through 140.